Welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Geo, and I'm joined by Just Johnny. Johnny, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Excellent. If this is your first time listening to the show from SwitchRPG.com, where we bring you the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, we're discussing our Switch RPG Game of the Year, and also maybe some uh, Switch RPG New Year's Resolutions. Uh, a little light on the news today, but you know we'll uh, we'll get through this. It's been a light year for RPGs, anyway. So um, yeah. Anyway, what have you been playing, Johnny? Uh, what I've been playing, I've been playing a whole lot of different games. Holy Just God. a whole lot. Yeah, a lot of a lot of different stuff. I actually had to leave some stuff off of this list to make really? room. So uh, some of the quickies: uh, Smash Ultimate. So continuing to dabble a little bit with that, playing more of the Sephiroths and continuing to get my butt handed to me <laughs> online. So uh, need to need to, you know, put up my white flag and, and realize I'm never going to be good. Oh, and, boy. Uh, that, <laughs> that's just going. me to begin with. Uh, I, I started to get into Felseal, Arbiter's Mark again uh, for... Because tactics RPGs should really be a thing, and this game scratches that itch. Uh, because man, am I getting itchy for some more tactical RPG goodness? And Felseal will have to do. Didn't and they have like a DLC recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a monster catching okay thing going on there. I'm not gonna get it the DLC, because I don't know how far I'm going to get along in Felseal. It's, man, the only thing that's really holding that game back is the art. <laughs> the artwork is, it's like, it's not bad, it's just, like, not good. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's not good. Like, the art style is what's really hurt, is is really what is hurting it. The lack of animations is, is fine. Like, I, I can understand the lack of, of quality animation work, but the art style itself, it's just, it's just not good. But it's also like not bad. Right. So it's perfectly serviceable. I had the music turned down, and then I turned it back up again, and it's actually pretty good. So the music ain't bad. I'm, I'm actually digging the music. It's a good game. I mean, it's a, it's a tactics style game. You got, it's got a job system, so each character can be any job you want them to be. So you set them to a job. They can also equip a secondary job and use the abilities, the full gamut of abilities that you've unlocked on that secondary job, as well as what you got on the primary job. And uh, when you master a job, you get bonuses. So you're constantly want to like rotate the jobs that you get assigned on particular individuals. It's it's good. It's and really, you can, it's really good, well put you, together. Uh, you can change jobs on the fly, right? Yep, you can yeah. change them on the fly. Yeah. There's uh there's there are requirements, but the requirements are generally like get four levels of this job before you can unlock this other job, right? So there's like pre prerequisite job levels that you have to gain in yeah. order to unlock yeah. some of the 
more prestigious, we- weird jobs. And they got a lot, of, a lot of weird jobs in there, so it's good. Uh, they balance it pretty well with, especially with like, uh, with things like damage types and resistances and uh, quirky stuff like that. Um, they kind of explain things pretty well, so it's it's not like overly complex either. Um, right. So it's good. Uh, yeah. So play that. Uh, then for uh, uh, Santa, got me uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. Uh-huh. And I've been playing a whole lot of that. Uh, I'm I'm somewhere in the middle of that game and uh, having a good time, just just killing thousands upon thousands, just just truckloads of weird enemies galore. Especially with the with the divine beasts, those things are insane and kind of <laughs> cool. They're also broken, like they're like super. They're like they're like walking monstrosity tank things that just cannot die. So you're just killing thousands and thousands of enemies, uh, with like various the the bird one. I forgot what that one's called. Uh, Va Meadow, I think. Right. Yeah. That one is just broken. It's just you got lasers everywhere and you're I, just shooting things from afar. I think of all the ones you get to navigate, that one might be the easiest to control. The other ones are kind of I mean, clunky. you're what's that? They're clunky. Yeah, they're clunky. Um the other ones are kind of on rails. That's one you have the like the most freedom with, I think. But yeah. Yeah, you get you get to uh, circle <laughs> yeah. a little bit around an area. You're right. Yeah. So it's uh it's real good. Uh, I do enjoy the story elements, and they I was a little fearful that they were going to be uh, stringy. Is that the word on on dishing out cutscenes? But that's not the case. They got lots of cutscenes in there. A lot, yeah. Uh, there's there's a good amount there, and there's uh, a good amount of character interaction stuff that's going on. So I'm enjoying it as I'm as I'm going through it. I I'm not getting overly tired of the monotony of the game and the game is pretty monotonous but Mm -hmm. it's not tiresome monotony yeah so and you mentioned that you had an issue uh with uh frame rate or you you have a yeah yeah Yeah, there is yeah so i was hoping it was just with the demo when i played it earlier a few months ago uh that's not the case i mean the the game has some serious frame rate issues and it's consistent it's consistently low frame rate it's not so bad like i've i grew up in the n64 days right so i'm used to like really bad frame rates like i can deal with it i don't like it but i can deal with it and man this game it's mostly in the somewhere in the low 20s most of the time when you clear out lots of enemies, then yeah, maybe it'll be in close to thirty frames per second. But most of the time, it's in that low twenties, and it's it's not pleasant. Mm. So, okay. and I can just imagine if that game ran ran at sixty frames, it would be it would it would be gorgeous. It would be like absolutely beautiful because you could tell that that the animations that the characters are performing are are grand grand. They're very grand, yeah. and there's like crazy animations that are going on in combat, and you kind of you're missing like half of the the quality that's there because the frame rate is so choppy. Right. Maybe there's some room for improvement there. Who knows? Uh, I think with uh, the next model of Switch, 
Switch yeah. HD, Switch Pro, whatever you want to call it. Switch HD year. Uh, uh, Super Switch. Super Switch. Yep. Nintendo Switch new. New Nintendo Switch. There oh. it is. How about we go with like the Xbox naming convention? X, uh, Nintendo Series N or Switch N, like just some really arbitrary thing. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Uh, so playing those games, all good stuff. Um, there's others, but I'm not going to mention them. And then I finished playing Near Automata, and that was a, that's a uh, I played it on PS4. It's a uh, a weird. I didn't even realize it was a Square Enix RPG, but oh, it's yeah. a Square Enix RPG. But it's not. It was made in collaboration with Square and Platinum, yep. and you can tell this is a very Platinum Games style made game mm-hmm. with assistance with Square Enix, probably in like uh, art and music development. Yeah. Oh, man, Nier Amada is really good. It is bonkers. The story is just weird. It's philosophical. Very, very philosophical. I was expecting a great story. And the game, the st- I wasn't expecting this kind of a story. I was expecting a, a, a great story that was being told to me, but I wasn't expecting a this kind of story, which is kind of like a, um, a story where you have to think about the content that you are that you are engaging with and the content that's being shown to you mm-hmm. because it's not, it's thought provoking and it's not, it's not necessarily a good story. It's not it's, all laid out for you. It's more, it's more about it. It shows you things that are happening and then it makes you, uh, it, it's kind of asking you to think, to think about it metaphorically it's all it's very metaphorical there we go that's the word okay. i was looking for very very metaphorical uh because what you're smashing and killing all the time are are these robots and these robots are trying to mimic humanity and all the different ways that humanity uh can be mimicked and most of the times they the robots go from zero to one right they go they're either not mimicking it or they're mimicking it in all the ways, especially the imperfect ways. And that's where things go absolutely crazy with the robots, where they do, where if, like, for example, they're mimicking humanity's uh, need to, like, go to war. And they then go to war with one another. And, but then they also explain it in, like, they form, like, human, they form societies and civilizations. The robots themselves. do. The robots do kind of mimicking like humanity it, it it's a very big rabbit hole to get into and the game does a pretty good job explaining it to you um the main narrative of the game the one that's non-metaphorical it's it's fine it's it's good definitely 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 a, a good set of content there but it's not um it i thought that was the main storyline was where was where the praise is going to be and that's not the case the praise is in the metaphorical side of things so you kind of have to uh, do a little bit of exploration in the notes that you dig up the data notes that you find here and there uh in order to fully to get a full comprehension of what's going on but man that game is really good and the end end of it i made a mistake and i deleted my save file <laughs> what 
Yeah, yeah. There's uh, this isn't a spoiler. Uh, when you get the actual true ending of the game, when you actually fully beat it, you get the option to, and this this um, so you only have to beat the game three times. You're technically getting five of the main endings, but the last two endings you can get very quickly. So you're when you. You beat the game once, you beat the game a second time, you're kind of going through the first time you've beaten it, but from a very different perspective um, and with different gameplay mechanics. And then you beat the game a third time, but the third time, it's really just taking taking over uh, uh, immediately after the first and second endings end. So it continues. Okay. So it's not... All right, so in order to kind of explain it. And then at the end of that, you can replay that ending because there's choices that you make at the very end of that ending. And then when you do, when you fully explore all of those options, those choices that you make at the very end, you get the ultimate, the the final ending. And at the very final ending, uh, you can, and the game asks you, and I, I didn't think the game was serious. It asks you a whole bunch of times. It's like, do you want to give up your save file to save someone else? And I'm like, sure, I'll do that. It's like, are you sure you want to do this? This person is never going to know you. They're a complete stranger to you. Are you still okay with this? I'm like, yeah. Then the game's like, you do realize that that all of your data is going to be deleted and it's going to be gone uh, and you're not going to get anything out of it. Are you sure you still want to do this? So it like asks you like five or six times, like, are you really, really sure you want to delete your save file? I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Do it, do it, do it. And it actually did it. <laughs> and it shows you. <laughs> it, just, it just goes through all the menus. Like, oh, look at all these items you collected. Gone. Look at all these uh, little data lore entries that you discovered. Gone. Just everything. Delete, 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 delete. Gone. Gone. Everything. And then when you start up the game, you start up the game as if it's a brand the first time the game is actually running. Nothing is saved at all. The only thing that's saved is the trophies. And that's it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that is you, it. You really uh, fudged the bucket there. Well, I, I, if I definitely beat the game. I fully beat yeah, the game. Yeah, I, yeah. Didn't all, I didn't fully beat it because I didn't get all the trophies and do all the 20... I think six different endings that that game has. That's crazy. Most, most of the endings are are like junk endings. They're not like real endings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like jokey endings, kind of thing. Um, that's, that's crazy. So, yeah. So that was overall though. That is probably that is a better RPG from Square Enix than Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ooh. I will say that. Hot take. By a lot. By a hot, lot. Hot take. It's, think, it's actually really good. It's I honestly don't. Weird, I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's you know you're probably right there. It's it's such a weird RPG game too. It's it's an open world action JRPG, but it's also a bullet hell shooter. Yeah, and they're like combined. The gameplay of the two. There's some parts of the game where it's where it's mostly just action. There's some parts of the game where it's pretty much a, you're playing a shooter and then there's some parts of the game where it's both action and shooter <laughs> third person action sh- sh- bullet hell shooter stuff and it's just crazy it's it's real cool and really this is cool getting game. this is getting a sequel like coming up soon right 
Uh, well, Near Automata was is kind of like a weird uh, sequel to Near Replicant. Okay. So it is part of like this this franchise that that has a connected story in some way. This is, I haven't played any other game in, in the franchise, so I've only played Near Automata. Really good stuff. Highly recommend it. And uh, the other game I also finished is Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown. Yeah, yeah, this is a weird one because <laughs> uh, it's, it's, a, you're, it's a jet fighter. It's basically uh, <laughs> Top Gun, the video game. Right. It came out uh, 2019, last yep. year, and this was the last time that they made a new official Ace Combat game was like 12 years before that. Right. So it, it's been a while, and man, did they come back real strong. Now, I've, I've always been like a fan of like jet fighters and games and of like mech games because they're kind of like similar, right? You're firing rockets and shooting sure. machine guns at stuff and piloting some sort of fast-moving vehicle <clears throat> of sorts. Uh, Ace Combat 7, it's real good. It's real, real good. Really enjoy it. It's got an actually uh, a really good story to it. Uh, it's 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 kind of bonkers and and a little bit over the top at moments. And there, it's got like the just the right amount of cheesy '80s rock kind of like <laughs> Top Gun style soundtrack music to it. Oh, of course, it's like, it's like perfectly Top Gun in all the right ways that you want it to be. Like you are the hotshot pilot. You are you are the one that everyone's like, oh, this guy, he's so good. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just great. And then you're locking on to enemies and you're doing like big giant Edelman turns and, and, and pushing it to the limit and, and, and sort of like doing a dive bomb against ground targets and, and you're doing dog fights galore. And it's just real good. And you got your, your little wingmen and then your wingmen get picked off and they're screaming at you. The, the, the comm, <laughs> so it's like communication going on on a comm. So it's all, it's very chatty as yep. you're like firing rockets. And every time you like kill an enemy, like your wingmen are like praising you and they're like, yeah, that's trigger. He's awesome. <laughs> that's yeah, your name. Your tr trigger. Your character's name is trigger. And that's, sometimes, that's sometimes perfect. when you die, some one of your uh, wingmen is like, Oh man, trigger really screwed the pooch. <laughs> I'm like, what <laughs> oh man so it's just a a great fantastic game i picked that game up for like 12 bucks what a what a steal that is that is real good uh a cool thing that the game has it has like this uh kind of like a skill tree but it's with jets jet fighters okay. and with parts so you can buy different jet fighters and they have different stats to them and then you can also buy different uh, specialty weapons for them and different parts that you can socket into your jet fighters to enhance them. So you can kind of like enhance your jet fighters in certain ways like, oh, uh, I'm doing a, a mission where there isn't going to be much air to air combat. So I should give myself some bombs, some cluster bombs, and I should give myself higher durability and maybe some like stealth uh, parts so I can avoid uh, radar detection a little bit longer. So it's got like cool metagame stuff like that too. It's it was surprisingly good. Yeah. <laughs> really, really good. And just weird and over the top. So 
That's what I've been playing. <laughs> what have you been playing? Wow, way, way to fin- finish that off. Um, I've actually been on vacation uh, this this entire week, so um, but it's spending a lot of time with family. I haven't really been playing too much games, but I, I've been I've been trying to. So I'm still playing Dark Souls in Cyberpunk uh, 2077. But I also picked up a game that uh, you and I are reviewing. Um, you've already played it, so you got a a head start on me. Last week we re- we reviewed Morbid: The Seven Acolytes. This week or this time around, we're reviewing Astral Chain. So yeah, yeah so I've been I I've started that. I haven't really gotten too much time yet. Maybe like a couple two three hours um, into it. Uh, so I'm not too far into it. But man, that game just looks visually looks stunning. Um, yeah. the the voice acting is 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 okay. Uh, the action is is all out all the time. Uh, but yeah, visually, it's just it's like eye candy. It it really yeah. is. It really is good. And and that opening sequence, uh, the first one or two missions is very action packed, mm-hmm. and then after that, uh, things sort of calm down for a bit. Yeah, and that's when you it the game really starts to immerse you into the world, and where you're like doing slower paced missions, you're walking the beat, talking to different citizens and stuff like that, picking up trash off of the streets, petting <laughs> petting cats. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not quite into that, where it, it like slows down. I'm I've, it's been all action so so far. Uh, so I'm, yeah, that that is going to be the game where we're reviewing. That's just kind of a little. Little snippet into what I'm thinking about it so far, um, but yeah, like I said, I haven't really been playing too many games, and you may even notice it on the YouTube channel. I have done very little let's plays. I, I just haven't had any time, uh, just just kind of doing doing family family stuff. So that is what I've been playing, and what we're reviewing. Uh, so let's let's get into some of the news. But actually, but before that, don't forget to visit our Discord. Discord.switchrpg.com, our socials, uh, SwitchRPG at, at, on Twitch. Um, and you can pretty much find everything there. YouTube, it's SwitchRPG as well. Uh, so yeah, new game announcements. We have Werewolf, the Apocalypse, Heart of the Forest, launching um, in about a week or so. Uh, this is a visual novel-esque uh, RPG um, where you... I don't know if you are the werewolf, but let's just read the uh, the description here. Uh, this is from RPGSite.net. Heart of the Forest is a narrative adventure game with RPG elements based in the world of based in the World of Darkness universe, which I'm not very familiar with. I think that's a tabletop game. Um, but yeah, you are put into the shoes of a girl named Maya who travels to Poland to learn about her history. Learn about the history of our family. Uh, and again, for more information, you can check out the review. It, apparently, it's already been out on PC. So you can check out the review on RPGsite.net. Uh, so this is coming out January 7th. There is a demo on the eShop, which is available right now. And the game is already priced at $14.99. Any thoughts, Johnny? It's a visual novel. Those, they're not... They're typically not my cup of tea. Yeah. So I, yep. I don't, I mean, it looks like it's, it's got a decent enough presentation to it. So. Right. Um, next we have, oh, it looks like we have something in the wrong area. Anyway, um, Heaven's Vault is 
arriving on Nintendo Switch in late January. Uh, Heaven's Vault is a uh, developed by developer Inkle has announced their award-winning adventure game. Heaven's Vault is coming to the Nintendo Switch January 28th, 2021. The Nintendo Switch version will sport optimized controls for the system, providing both Joy-Con and touchscreen options for players, as well as retailing for $17.99 on the eShop. Doesn't look like there's a demo for this one available, um, but if you want to check out the trailer, it is on the YouTube, uh, YouTube space. So Heaven's Vault, um, I did watch the trailer for this earlier, and essentially you're you're almost like a, a a person trying to almost you're writing history as the game progresses, and it's really interesting in the in the way it does it. So there's this woman who transcribes language, and um, let's see if I can find a description here. Heaven's Vault focuses on protagonist Aaliyah and her robot sidekick Six as they sail across the starry expanse of nebula from moon to moon, setting their minds to uncovering the ancient history of the places and cultures that came before via the translation of inscriptions. Uh, the title sports high levels of replay value centered on the idea of linguistics, where the translation of a unique and complex language built into, into the game brings different branches of overarching storyline to the forefront for both the player and Layla to experience together. So I think it's just, uh, it's just, just a different gameplay mechanic that I haven't seen anywhere, really. So and it's got an interesting art style. Yeah, it, it looks... I, I don't know if it qualifies as a rpg it's certainly an adventure game yeah it's it's certainly an exploration and adventure style game uh it's got the puzzle elements that you're that you're doing with the language um transcription transcribe type stuff yeah um and visually the the environments are in sort of like a a stylistic 3d like uh, I would say kind of not cell shaded, but towards that direction. Yeah. But the character, it looks like it's like a hand drawn sprite uh, that is animated as you move along. So it, and that looks cool too. And and the two of them together as you're exploring around, it's it's actually a pretty good looking game. Um, and I think it's all the characters because there's a shot here with like pigs, mm-hmm. sort of around and whatnot and they're also 2d sprites so it looks visually it looks good yeah and it's won all sorts of awards and whatnot but yeah that is uh heaven's vault coming late january that is it for new games let's check out what's coming up for the next week or so Uh, generally it's it's been it's been a rough year guys it's been a really rough year uh, for yeah. for RPGs and hopefully, hopefully it's getting better. Hopefully, there's been lots of delays and you know things are starting to catch up. You know, so let's see here. We have uh, actually we talked about this game last week. This this yeah, came out. Uh, this go ahead. You're talking about the Dungeon Limbus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that is that's come out. I may actually take a peek at that one. I don't know. Dungeon Limbits, it's a it's a tactics type of game, uh roguelite tactics game, so I don't know. 
I wouldn't say it's tactics. It looks just straight up roguelite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if it's turn-based, then I guess that would add some degree of tactics stuff to it. But it says action, so yeah. I'm guessing turn-based. Yeah, it's not turn-based. And that's that's it. <laughs> Uh, we have the Werewolf uh, the Apocalypse game that we've mentioned coming out in the 7th. And then we have another, looks like another visual novel uh, called Sense, a cyberpunk ghost story. Uh, take uh, a quick peek here. And, yeah. to, and to let people know <laughs> what's on deck for something, a meteor RPG, isn't until the end of January with Atelier Ryza 2. So yeah. we kind of still have to wait a bit. Uh, one more month, and then we'll finally have something meaty to to chew on to, and then uh, yeah. after that, we're gonna we're actually gonna get uh, a couple of dishings, uh, servings of of some delectable treats. I mean, we got uh, what was it, Persona Five Strikers? One yeah. month later, less than a month later, Bravely Default Two, uh, also in February, the end of February. And uh, Story of Seasons, uh, so the Harvest, the new Harvest Moon game uh, mm-hmm. that comes out in March. So, you know, that there's four, just th- just between those four, those are four very substantial games. They are, um, and <laughs> and we need them. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely need them. Yeah, there, there's been just so many delays that eventually they'll all catch up, and we'll start we'll start getting them. And it looks like we're seeing that. Although Atelier Ryza. I don't think that was ever delayed. Um, I mean, it's still in the same same engine. They've just added a little bit of different mechanics to the game, but other other than that, it's essentially the same the same type of game. Uh, where maybe Ryza eventually leaves the town that she resides in, and she does a little more exploring. Oh, she's in the city, right? It's they, like a completely new environment that they, she's in. Yeah, there you go. Um. So yeah, after the 7th of January, the list I have here jumps right to Atelier Rise at the end of January. So, uh, time to catch up on your backlog. That's basically it. Yeah. It's backlog time. All right, so let's hit a couple of uh, news bits here. Fantasy Star Online 2, new Genesis opening movie. Latest details and gameplay. This is on Jamatsu. There was over 50 minutes of new footage, mostly character creation, but really what piqued my interesting interest was the opening movie. We actually got a look at in in-game engine uh, type of stuff uh, in that in that trailer. Uh, but there there's a lot. It's almost like I said. It's almost an hour of stuff. It is in Japanese, uh, but again, you get a decent look at what the game is going to be when it comes to the Switch via the cloud um that's how we will be getting it hopefully uh, it's yeah. cloud stream cloud stream normal yeah yeah is this it be... is it coming to the states or is it japan right now? i i was under the understanding that this was coming to the states i mean i have to i'd have to verify that but i'm pretty certain that it was coming to the states are, are you are you are you diving into that well i i was oh, I've always been um, interested in getting into the Fantasy Star uh, series, and Fantasy Star Online was uh, hailed a lot. I think that was a Dreamcast uh, title. It's a Sega product, yeah. Yeah. And it did come to uh, GameCube, I believe. Um, 
in some degree. I'm almost certain on that. Almost yeah. certain. And yeah. I think I did try it. On or the game, maybe on the GameCube? Wii. On the GameCube or the Wii. It actually did. I don't know if it was Fantasy Yeah, yeah. I think it was Fantasy Star Online. They brought it over to either the GameCube, like very, very late in the GameCube's life, or to the Wii. And I did try it out for a little bit. And then okay. that was that was kind of it. I, I didn't really get too far with it. And it wasn't very MMO-ish, or at least my experience with it didn't feel very MMO. It felt more like a console game that was online and multiplayer with other people, but it it felt more like a console gaming experience, not like an MMO experience like World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy, 11, 14, whatever. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to find out if it's come to the Switch in North America. And I'm having trouble finding it, so maybe it is only going to be in Japan? That can't be right. Anyway. I'll say I, this. It's a good-looking game. It is a good-looking game, and it's... It, I, I don't understand why it wouldn't be. I mean, it's coming to Xbox, coming to PlayStation. Um, in the States, I don't understand why it wouldn't come here via streaming. Oh wow! You can you can hop on top of the enemy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it, it is a good looking game too. Anyway, moving yeah. along, um, Xseed Games uh, celebrates a successful 2020 and a promising 2021 in a new trailer. Um, this is on RPGFan.com. 2020. Definitely wasn't everyone's year, but it's been a great one for Exceed Games. From exciting titles like Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, Exceed Games has demolished their highest sales record. In celebration of this monumentous occasion, Exceed Games posted a trailer chronicling the games they released throughout 2020. So again, they kind of recap all the games, but at the end, they I think it's at the end, um, they... They go over what's what's coming, and they have uh, a few games, uh, along with Story of Seasons Pioneers of Olive Town and Rune Factory 5. The company has several other titles up their sleeves for the coming year with, I'm not, I've never heard of this game before, Akiba's Trip, Hellbound, and Debriefed. I, I don't even know what that game is about. Um, and then Potionomics. Potionomics does look a little, little interesting, actually. Uh, potionomics looks like it's like you run a potion shop. That's what it looks like. I don't know if you can see it on your end. Nah, is it in the trailer? It is not in the trailer. If you look in the article that I linked, it's basically at the bottom. You can click on click on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I don't. I don't see it. Oh, no. there it is. Now I see it. Now you see it. So yeah, I mean there are YouTube there there are trailers for Potionomics, and I think there are trailers now that I'm looking. Uh, it was an E3 2019 for Akiba's trip, Hellbound, and Debriefed. I don't know if this is gonna be the game for me, but it is coming. It is coming soon. Maybe yeah, I hopefully. Know. I think we I think we did see the potion one. Because it I could. It looks somewhat familiar. The screen, just from the screenshots I'm looking at. Um, yeah. It seems like we. I've seen that. 
somewhere before, maybe in like a direct as like a quick one-off or something like that. Uh, but it doesn't sound familiar to me. Yeah, I'm I'm not too certain on on those two games, but at the very least, Exceed they have lots of gems uh, and they deliver. So they did what eleven this year. Yeah, they're gonna do probably roughly the same amount, maybe more, maybe less for next year, and that's gonna be exciting. Yeah, they've had um quite a number of them. Do you, do you have the list there? Yeah, right here. Uh, Wizardry, Labyrinth of Lost Souls, Damon X Machina. That wasn't this. That wasn't twenty twenty, was it? No, it wasn't. That was uh. Oh, that, that was, was they. That's when they. Yeah, that's when um, didn't they port it over to PC or something? They did, that, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what that was. So, Room Factory 4, Grand Blue Fantasy, Yeast Memories of Celsetta. Uh, uh, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, Story of Seasons, Friends of Middletown, uh, Kandagawa, Jet Girls, Uppers, No More Heroes, No More Heroes 2, and Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. So yeah, they've had, uh, they've had a decent year. Uh, but the other games, I mean, Potionomics looks interesting. Uh, Akiba's Trip, Hellbound and Debrief looks absolutely not my thing. Um, I don't know if you looked up the <laughs> the trailer for it. It just looks like a very old game. It doesn't look new at all to me. It looks really bad. Anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> um no, oh, I did I didn't even know you you snuck a news article on on me. I did. I put one in the rundown. All right, then you you do it. I'm not doing it. All right, Bloodstain Ritual of the Night uh, is going to receive uh, yet more free DLC uh, called Classic Mode, and that's coming up real soon. It's going to launch sometime in January. Uh, so let's see here. This is from my Nintendo News. Uh, a game that's had a lot of support from its developers from launch is Bloodstain Ritual of the Night which is available on Nintendo Switch and other platforms. It's considered a spirit, as a spiritual successor to the popular Castlevania franchise, and I can testify to that. Absolutely. It is a spiritual successor to everything that you loved from Castlevania. Mm. Anyway, uh, in January, fans of the title will be able to enjoy a free update that brings a classic mode to the second installment of the Bloodstained series. What? Second installment? Classic Blood... mode to the second installment. Yeah, there was uh, what was the first Bloodstained? Well, that was the NES game. So Bloodstained Ritual of Night is the second installment. Yeah, because they they also released uh Blood uh Bloodstained what was it uh, Curse, Curse of the Moon, Moon two. Oh yeah, but uh, ha, ha, all right. Is that the third installment? Even though it has number two on it. Yeah, it's their uh, their third installment. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I guess it's a franchise now. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> they got they got three under their belt. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, according to a tweet from the game's Twitter account a few days back, Classic Mode is aiming to revive old school gameplay, and it will bring five levels to battle your way through, and some bosses will be waiting to be defeated too. So, if you're looking uh, for a little throwback for the good old days. Or if you're just wanting an excuse to dive back into it, this free new patch should help liven things up a little. So what it looks like is it looks like uh, they are giving you... So they have the health bar and the sub-weapon, the score, the timer. 
and the boss health bar. Uh, all the same style as Castlevania 1, one 2, well, not 2, but 1 and 3. Uh, so in that same old school design. Mm-hmm. And you're, but you're playing as Miram uh, in the Bloodstained sort of visual style. So it's, uh, it's not like 8-bit style graphics or anything like that. It's running on Bloodstained. But the way you're traversing the castle also looks like... Um, the the way that the Belmonts would traverse, which is um, when you jump, you can't change your momentum midway through your jump. Right. So you're kind of locked into your trajectory. Uh, it looks like uh, Miram is going to do the same thing. Also, it's got some sub-weapons are coming out from candles uh, in here, uh, similar to the original Castlevania. So, it yeah, it pretty much looks like Castlevania like gameplay of Castlevania 1, 3, 4, and 5. Right. But using the Bloodstain uh, <laughs> engine. So that's that's pretty cool. It is I cool. Like Even like the stair traversal, it's got the like that that sort of thing, like if, when you're going up and down levels and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, and it has that old school bar, or set like their cells, basically, right? Yep. yep. Nice. They, that's like the gift that keeps on giving, I guess. Bloodstained. Yeah, it's it's free, and this is like, this would be like a full game. <laughs> they, they could easily charge for DLC, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So you know, kudos to them for for making this free. I mean, the original game itself is what forty bucks when it released. Yeah, so, I don't think it's no, I don't think it's. It was either that. thirty or forty. Right. But, but it's it was definitely worth it. Uh, that amount that they asked for, and now it, with all this extra stuff that they've been thrown in there, mm. all this extra free stuff at that, like yeah, it's the game is phenomenal, and it's it's more than worth the forty thirty or forty dollars that they originally asked for. Right, right, I totally agree. All right, cool. Uh, that's it for news. We do have some uh, rumor land uh, type of stuff. Square Enix developers have teased their plans. For 2021. This is an article. We're getting it via my Nintendo News, but I think this was on Famitsu. Yep. Uh, a number of Square Enix employees have chatted to Famitsu about their plans for 2021. Tomoya Asano and Mas- Masashi Takahash, uh, who are producers behind the February's Bravely Default 2 for Nintendo Switch, hope that the game will achieve its tar- sales target and they and they can make a third. Huh. So they're already planning for another one if it does well. Uh, Noriyoshi Fujimoto, series producer for the Dragon Quest franchise, plans to announce something for the long-running series' 35th anniversary. Uh, so we have the Bravely Default 2 uh, producer mentioning that he's hoping to even already create a third one, which which is great. And then you have the uh, the Dragon Quest producer saying that he's hoping to announce something for the 35th anniversary next year. So there's going to be a lot of anniversaries for next year. You have Zelda, you have Dragon Quest. I believe there are others uh, in there as well. Uh, Metroid, there you go. So there there may be a lot of stuff happening just because of these anniversaries. Um, And also, I don't want to forget that producer uh, Masashi Takahashi, who also worked on Octopath, Octopath Traveler, also added that there has been progress made in parallel 
in on other games. So Square Enix definitely has a lot of other things. I mean, that goes without saying. But I think 2021 is going to be a much, much better year than 2020 has been on on many different levels. So, yeah, I, I'm still worried that 20, 2020 has slowed down games that would have released that were planned for 2021. And now it has pushed those games over to 2022. That's yeah. what I'm worried about. Yeah, that's certainly, you know, that's certainly a possibility. Whereas, you know, had the game been released, they'd already be working on the project. But um, yeah, everything has just kind of shifted over, you know, nine to 12 months easily. So yeah, we got some uh, some stuff happening in 2020. It's, I, I'm really optimistic for this year because this obviously... Like I mentioned, this this year has just been pretty bad on many well, different 30, levels. Thirty fifth anniversary for a whole lot of stuff, right? As you said, Zelda and Metroid, and we've known about Zelda and Metroid games in development for multiple years now. Yeah. So this could be potentially a huge, massive year that Nintendo hasn't been able to land. Uh, uh, IP-wise, since the original year, uh, launch year of the Switch, where it had both Mario and Zelda in the same year. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2021 could be Metroid Prime 4 and Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah. I I think we'll definitely see Breath of the Wild 2 for Zelda. I'm just not sure what else we'll see from Zelda. I mean, is it a possibility we get some HD ports, you know, like Wind Waker or Skyward Sword or you know, something like that. I don't think so. I, I think they've delivered enough already in Zelda content, right? Because we we did get that uh, that remake of um, Link's Awakening. Yep. We we've gotten Hyrule Warriors this year. We've gotten Cadence of Hyrule, uh, which was last year. Uh, in addition to the other game that we got last year, um, I don't know. I I just. If if we get Breath of the Wild this year, I don't think they need to release any other Zelda game for this year. Right. You're talking 2021, I, right? For 2021, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I just don't I just think that alone is more than enough to celebrate Zelda. I think if they do anything else, maybe it'd be some sort of uh maybe Zelda one, two, three kind of collaboration thing. Or maybe yeah. some of the off Zelda's the weird ones that are still great, like um, like the Game Boy Color ones, the uh, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. Seasons, right? No, I mean, I just having Breath of the Wild two is not enough for a thirty fifth anniversary. That's not you're not doing anything special. Like for example, what they did with Mario, you know, they had a whole bunch. It was like an like a an event. Just right. having Breath of the Wild two. Well, I, I think. Out. It's not enough. I think, well, I think what they would do is with Breath of the Wild 2, they would just do a 30, 35th year anniversary collector's edition of Breath of the Wild 2. So they have Breath of the Wild 2, and then in that box, that big giant juggernaut of a box, it's going to have the celebration of, of 35 years of Zelda in some form yeah. with a whole bunch of other stuff that comes packed, packed alongside it. I'll have to make room for that box. Oh, I'll, I'll definitely get that special <laughs> edition. I, mean, I, I was very happy with the Breath of the Wild 
uh, yeah. special edition. So if they come up with something that is similar to what they did on that, uh, especially if it's celebrating 35 years of Zelda, I'm down. I'm yeah. totally down. Well, and at least, at least Zelda, you're right, an artwork would be nice. Um, but at least Zelda has something, right, that's coming out. Almost almost concrete, right? Like, we know Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out. Metroid Prime 4, we really, I mean... That one I'm not sure of, but yeah. there is definitely stuff coming out for Metroid this year. That I am 100% certain on. We're definitely going to get, at the very least, a Metroid Prime trilogy. The re- Yeah, kind of HD remaster type of thing. HD remaster, remake, whatever it is. Whatever it is, or just a straight pour, which I'm perfectly fine with that. I already got it. I'll buy it again. That's fine by me. But if right. they do any kind of HD stuff to it, oh, sign me up. Like, I'll buy two copies. <laughs> sign me up. I'm totally down for that. Mm. And I think there's, because um, there is two big Metroid games that are in development, not counting the trilogy. So there's Metroid Prime 4, but there was that other Metroid game that right. has been in development. That I mentioned, uh, being made by Mercury Steam, the people who did uh, Return of Samus or Samus Returns. Right. I, you know, they've been very hush hush. I'm very, very certain that they are working on another Metroid game. I hope so. A 3D I... visual, but 2D side school gameplay. Kind of like what re, re, like what they've done, like what they've done. Yeah, taking yeah. that what they've done there and just making it better for the Switch. Sure, that would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah, it we, would be very nice. We'll see. Now with with Dragon Quest though, like like all the other games are on on here, right? What else are we gonna get? We got Dragon Quest one, two, and three. Like they're I think they're they're made available. We have Dragon Quest eleven. Are we gonna get some of the older ones? Is that what they're they're talking about? I don't, uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, eight is a big one. Yeah, I think it's eight. Yeah, eight yeah. is a big one. I don't so know. maybe maybe it's that. Maybe it's eight. Ooh. I doubt it's gonna be a brand new Dragon Quest. I don't see that happening. It could be a teaser. Teaser. Could te- yeah, could be. Could be a teaser, along with other stuff, you know. All right, let's get on with our main topic here, our Switch RPG podcast game of the year. There are a lot of RPGs that came out, and I will, I'll go through a substantial list here, but you and I have, you, you swayed me into, okay? Well, we, I wouldn't say swayed. No, you yelled it's at probably- me, you badgered me, you made fun of me. Um, you, you called me a lot of, a lot of names. I did. I did. And he's right. I apologize. And no, no. And we, we reached the consensus here. I, I think we, I, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic game. So anyway, um, let's go through some of the RPGs that came out throughout the year. Should you not remember them all? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll hit a few and then you can hit a few. I'm going to start from the bottom of the list. Uh, we have Darksiders Genesis. Sheeran the Wanderer, Langrisser 1 and 2, Monster Sanctuary, Brigandine the Legend of Renergia, Immortals Phoenix Rising, XCOM 2 Collection. Why don't you hit me, hit me up with a few? Sure. 
uh, here's a weird blast from the past. Moon Remix RPG Adventure. Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town. Always Legacy. Indivisible. Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. Nowhere Prophet, which I've played Nowhere Prophet um, on PC. It's mm-hmm. a weird roguelike card game type type of thing. I'd not uh, even heard of that one. It, it's it's actually uh, it was pretty good. Um, Rune Factory 4 special. Uh, a game that you played. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, we have Operentia, The Stolen Sun. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons. Tokyo Mirage Sessions FE Encore. Yeast Origin, Crosscode, Code Realize, Guardian of Rebirth, Trials of Mana, Legend of Hero, Trails of the Cold Steel. I took that one because you can't get the name of that that name right ever. <laughs> um, Ninth Dawn Three, Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales. Why don't you take the last few? Uh, Bug Fables, The Everlasting Sapling, Xenoblade Chronicles, Definitive Edition, Paper Mario, Origami King, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, and last but certainly not least, Hades. And we left that one last, right? Yes, of course we did. And we left that one last because it um, it is our Switch RPG game of of the year. Uh, Hades was, uh, man, that game was really, really fun. Um, it, it's a, it's a roguelite action RPG. I guess you could call it. The, yep. the voice acting is, is fun, is, is really good. The music, I absolutely love the music. Oh, I love voice it. acting is incredible. Yeah. The, um, the, the music is really, really good. I love the yep. music in it. And it's, it's pretty deep. I, I think, um, in in oh, terms, very deep, yeah. Yeah, in, the, in the terms story. of what you can do, yeah, the story. So you're talking about gameplay depth, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very diverse too. Um, there's, uh, how many weapons are there? Five weapons? Five or yeah, five or six. Five or six, and all of them are very different from one another. And you gotta you it the game actually does a very good job in motiv- motivating you to play all of these other different weapons uh in ways that yeah kinda didn't I didn't really care about um those a few of them like I think it was like the shield I didn't really care for that right. much at first or the the fist weapon I wasn't that much of a fan of but after I started to use it I'm like, oh, this is actually really good. Uh, I can get, I can become competent with these weapons as well as the other weapons that I was already liking. Right. Uh, Sphere, by the way, is probably the most overpowered one. Just my opinion. That sphere was ridiculous. I pretty much stood with the the first the first weapon. The the sword. The sword, yeah. The spear was really good. I was uh the sword's all right. The spear and the bow were my go-tos and then eventually the um what is it the uh the shield i actually got real good with the shield and the fist weapon got real good with with, yeah those four the two that i didn't really care to use all that much although i was perfectly fine with the sword uh the one i definitely used the least was the gun the rifle gun thing yeah yeah that one was weird so it is six and each of them just 
very different stuff, changes up your play style. And then as you're playing through a run, you're getting all these different booms and perks that are going to very, they're going to very much change your play style every single run. So not only is every time you're going through another run is very different, which breaks off the monotony. Uh, just that alone breaks up the monotony. But every time you're going through, you're getting new story, right. brand new story, new right. dialogue from all from whatever characters you, that you are encountering. There's no repetition in what they say to you at all. I played that game for over 40 hours, and not a single line of dialogue was ever spoken. All of it's voice acted, by the way, and not a single line of voice acting was repeated. And it was it's incredible. Cr- it's it's crazy because I was at a point where I'm like, like, at some point you they're gonna get to a point where you know, you you have to progress the story, and it's just like constant like there's always something happening. There's always there's always that again that new line of dialogue. I'm like they're gonna repeat at some point, and they just it just never happened. Yeah, and yeah, it just and then, never happened. And, and then you you get to the end of the of what you think the end of the game is or, or what would have been. And then you find out that's actually only the halfway point and there's still more story and still more progressive story where, where just by getting to that end point doesn't solve the underlying issues that are happening between these different characters and gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to continue with it. And that, right there is a nice metaphor for relationships and how you got to work at it. If you want to have a good long lasting relationship, you have, you have to be persistent and work at it and try to, to understand and communicate with one another. And that's pretty much like a metaphor for what the game's overall story is right there, but you actually have to like do it. And right. And you have to do it multiple times and you have to keep doing it and you get more every single time you're doing it. You're, you're just getting more from the story, more from all the characters they're learned from. And, oh man, it's touching too. That, yeah. The, the, the game has some, some, I, I, my eyes watered just a little bit. <laughs> uh, when I got to uh, certain points in that game, because oh man was it touching very very touching and then when you actually beat it when the credits actually roll you can still play it continue playing it and you'll still get more new story stuff it's insane i didn't get as far as as you did um but i had i had a tremendous time with it like i had mentioned the art style's beautiful um and there's just so much like RPG in it, right? Like they have these things called keepsakes and basically you, you, um, what is it? Like you do so many things in our, in runs, like in your collective runs, you get certain boons for your entire playthrough, uh, that, that sticks with your character. And then they have, what is What is in that mirror? Are, are those like, um, what, what is that called? I, I forgot what it's called, but it's, it's, pretty much your spec yeah. that you're dumping your your whatever your purple gem skill points into uh and you're you're sort of fine-tuning your spec by by changing where how you're dumping points into it and buying whatever the passive skills that 
is going to kind of augment your underlying play style mm -hmm. and and give you i mean when you read it it's pretty straightforward uh when you play through it, it tells you what it you know get five percent chance to crit every time you level up this passive skill thing right and you right. kind of understand the significance of that as you continue to play right it's called the uh, mirror of night is, is what it's go. called and um lo and behold there were actually two sides to that coin right like because i had i had no idea that there was a toggleable almost button on the left side of these individual things where you can get kind of a whole different kind of progression or like a different boon or, or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. One was like shadow and the other one was like corrosion or something like that. Yeah. But it, it was like, I was totally unaware of it and I am like, Oh geez, there's so much other stuff. It's like, it's like playing it all over again, you know? And that, and that's just the stuff that you kind of spec your character out with before mm -hmm. you depart. Right. And when you depart and you go on the run, you're getting very different. You're getting this whole gamut of perks called boons that are going to significantly change your play. Right. Uh, and so, so like before you go out on that run, you're choosing your weapon. You're going up to your mirror, dumping in your your earned experience. You're also uh, you have that chest case thing with the keepsakes that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. That also has a that can also have an influence on on your run that you're playing through. So all of those things happen beforehand, and then during your run, you're earning a whole bunch of other things that are going to further augment. And then also, as you're going through, the way the game progresses is you're going room by room, and at the end of every room, you're typically given multiple choices as to the next room what the reward is going to be for the next room. And so not only not only do you uh do you have like uh the opportunity to sort of uh choose your boon when it pops up, right? When a god when you finish a room and you get a boon from a god, uh you can have a choice of three different options, you get to pick there. And then when you choose your next room they're going to enter, the next chamber, you get to choose like what the buff what what the uh the perk the the what was it the reward right. for that room is going to be and there there's a whole lot more to it and it's just it's consistently rewarding because each room can be as quick as like 30 seconds it could be a, a, like a minute or two it's like very very quick little bite sizes of very fast high intensity action combat uh that's going on that gets resolved. You get a reward guaranteed every room. Uh, there might be some other additional hidden rewards. So it's you're just constantly getting showered with more and more uh, uh, little nuggets of of treasures throughout the entire game. And then when you, if you fail a run or if you pass a run, you go all the way back to the beginning, and all the a whole slew of stuff rewards that you've collected throughout your run you get to actually cash in on it. So when you go back to the beginning again, it's not like you're not feeling like, oh, bummer, like I have to start from the beginning again because you're at the beginning again and you're able to like invest in various things to uh, to make your next run all the more pleasant. Mm -hmm. Or story stuff. It is one of the few games that has come out very recently that there are no 
bugs. There, yeah. there are very little issues with with this game. Uh, the very com hard. the combat is is tight is really good. Um, like like we've mentioned other games where hit boxes are can be a problem. Um, I will say that there are no real big problems with this game. To be honest with you, yeah, there there is none. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's exactly that. It's such a well polished. Uh, it is a narrow in scope kind sort of kind of game, but but it's it's also very grand, right? This, this is still an indie studio that made this game, mm -hmm. but they nailed it. They like absolutely nailed exactly what they wanted to set out and do. They nailed it to the fullest degree and and everything that they had put forth and aimed for they landed right yeah. they didn't they didn't aim for things and only half execute everything that they executed in the game whether it be the narrative the visual art design the combat system the the roguelike elements to it everything that they put in there they executed 100 percent. yeah i agree i agree so that is our rpg game of the year but we couldn't just leave you with that we have to give you some dishonorable mentions. <laughs> um, and this is true to Johnny's form. So, Johnny, what are some of your dishonorable mentions? Well, so we. So, I'm, I'm also saying this because uh, we said Switch RPG of the Year was Hades. Yeah. And I also commented, like, it's also my game of the year, just, just across everything. Right. And then. I'm like, all right, I have to give context to that. And that's where I came up with, uh, uh, at first I, I was going to call it honorable mentions, but the two games that I'm going to mention, they're not honorable. It's <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake and Cyberpunk 2077. So, so you know, we've both played Cyberpunk. Yeah. I, I, I played and beat Final Fantasy VII Remake. And, like, if these games were being looked forward to a lot, Oh, Lots yeah. of hype on both of them. And they both failed spectacularly on living up to the hype. In different ways, too. <laughs> they failed in different ways. Yeah. Very different ways. And they both failed. So they're getting the dishonorable mention for for those for that reason. And and both of them failed, as you said, in different ways. And it's just uh so it's to give context, like, yes, we've played the big giant RPGs. We've, we've played them all for this year. All the big ones. We got them covered. Hades wins. Yeah. I agree. Hades wins. Hands down. Um, again, one more thing. We couldn't just leave you with that. Yeah. We have some Switch RPG podcast New Year's resolutions. Um, why don't you hit me with yours first? Sure. So uh, my New Year's resolution is to make sure... I go out monster hunting with Geo. We're going to play Monster Hunter Rise. We're going to play that together. I'm going to show Geo the ropes. We're going to go monster hunting. I have no clue what weapon Geo is going to use. I'm very excited for him to sort of gravitate. I'm, I'm going to try to get him to use all the different weapons at first, see which one he likes the most, and 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 have him go at it. Okay. Right? And I'm excited to see which one you choose as, as like your bona fide singular weapon. I can't wait to go on some of these adventures. 
It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. You're, you're going to die to like great jaggies and <laughs> I'll laugh at you. But then, uh, and then we'll, we'll start dying together against like, uh, I don't know, big giant Rathalos and stuff like that. And it'll be great. Yeah. You're like talking a whole different language right now. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's, that's my new year's resolution. There's like a little side resolution thing of, uh, attempting to do more, uh, Twitch streaming, but that'll be a, a side thing. Hopefully yeah. that gets that gets done. Yeah, we'll we'll take care of that Twitch streaming for you. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to monster hunting um with you. Hopefully like the Nintendo Online isn't hot garbage and it can it can handle handle this all. Oh, it, it definitely can. I mean Monster Hunter I was doing online Monster Hunter on the Wii. So Okay. And it was pretty it serviceable. <laughs> It it was perfectly fine. I was playing that on the Wii all the time with uh, with my brother, Monster Hunter together, and then uh, uh, Try Ultimate on uh, on the Wii U. Played okay. a whole lot of that online. All right, then I'm hopeful. I am hope- very hopeful. Look, very much looking forward to it. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to um, is to have more interviews on the podcast. At one point, we did have some interviews, some some guests, things things of that nature. Um, but I'm hoping to have more interviews, maybe possibly with some developers, uh, publishers, maybe some PR people. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of different, different stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I'm gonna start maybe, hopefully, reaching out to some some folks out there. Maybe I can get some people. Uh, try to do it maybe once once a month. I don't I don't want to like do too much, but maybe once a month having having kind of like a special episode or a special interview or, or something of that nature. Uh, that that's definitely something I'm, I, I want to try, try and do, but, uh, yeah, that's going to conclude our episode for the switch RPG podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to send in any questions or comments that you might have to the show at uh, podcast at switch RPG.com. Um, you can you are you were just distracting me. <laughs> you can listen to the show each and every week at switchrpg.com, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you listen on an app, please give us a rating and review. We want to climb up those charts on the platform. So your support there would be amazing. And finally, remember you can head over to switchrpg.com for all your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch. Until next time, we'll see you in 2021. Goodbye.